Welcome to Cinebabble, episode 71. I am your host, Ken, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Clint Jones, recently cast as Darth Vader in Andor season two. Clint, what's it like to be joining the Star Wars universe? Feels great. I'm going to do something wildly different from uh, anything else in the past. So. Darth Vader's going to have existential dread? A lot of it. Good. Yeah. Good. I, I've always wanted to see him with a little bit more fear and trepidation. Yeah, so. it's going to be a lot of him like cowering under his Perfect. bed. and uh, But yeah, not, not a when- Jedi, just at random thoughts of life and yeah, death. Yeah, this is existence morality. and like how can he go on as half machine and what does that mean? Is he more machine than man? Does that really play into his immortal soul? It's it's deep. It's deep. It sounds deep and I trust you in the hands of the Andor showrunners. Uh, Clint, <laughs> uh, it is 2023 and I am... It's like a science fiction year. So happy to be free of 2022. I don't yeah, know Yeah, you think you. it's going to be better? I, no. <laughs> I just think the further we get away from 2020, uh, uh, the the yeah. more I'm just going to get used to the multi-dozen variants of COVID that are out there now. True. I read an article that was about uh, they just discovered 15 new variants in India alone, mm. and I read it, and do you know what emotion I felt? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah. I have become numb to... Everything yeah. that resembles hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, it just doesn't exist anymore. No. Yeah, no, it's it's not. And so I'm just going to continue going to the theater until it kills me. So I'm, I'm ready for it. I know that's a risk of willing to take. Yeah. Well, our last episode we did our top ten films of the year. Now we are on to our top ten TV series. We've watched a lot of TV this year. I realized. Uh, yeah, we, to a sad degree almost. <laughs> yeah, we we had a friend in uh, from California, and he's a very, very busy guy. And he commented yeah. on how difficult it is to keep up with uh, our episodes as they come out because we've just watched too much stuff. And mm-hmm. we both have full-time jobs, so it's not like we are without responsibility. True. Um, but I think we are slaves to this awful, awful entertainment machine and— I don't know. Sometimes Maybe I we feel just need like some new hobbies, like take up model boat making or something. I, just, I feel like one of those little stick figures in Mad God just getting crushed <laughs> under the wheel. <laughs> yeah, of and and film, another one takes TV, its place. Film, yeah. TV. Yeah. 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 So uh, let's jump right in and let's start on our top 10 list with number 10. Clint, what was your 10th uh, TV series of the year? Well, I said this on the last episode that 10 was the hardest. Yes. And this was one that I wavered on a lot. Was something else would take its place and like wondering, should I put this in its pl- in there just for like kind of spite? Yep. And I decided to end on spite. Excellent. So recently I just found out that this show was canceled after one season. And Oh yeah, I read about this. And I was kind of heartbroken because yeah. I really like this series. And I heard it ends on a cliffhanger. I haven't watched it yet, but I think I know where you're going. Yeah. So this is 1899, yeah. and uh, this was the new series uh, by the showrunners who did the series Dark on on Netflix, and this is a Baron Bo Odar in uh, Gen T. Uh, yeah. for, yes, I know I'm saying this wrong. Please no, forget. It's okay, me. you're good. Anyway, I this show I thought was fantastic. It's it's definitely paced differently than a you know a traditional like Western um, American style uh, series. It takes its time. It doesn't worry about um, like completely flushing out all the characters. It's more about the mystery, and that's what I loved about it. This is a different world that um, we're um, we haven't been like introduced to so much in like other sci-fi. It's exploring different things. It really like doesn't take for granted that the audience might be willing to um, not be fed everything. And like I was the, through the entire first season, like wondering, are they just messing with me? Is this really going to pay off and tie itself in in a nice like bow that you can kind of comprehend what's going on? And I think it does. And I think it, w- it was exploring things that... Um, we haven't seen before, and I I really like the world and the characters, um, as as much as it it, it gives you into the lives of the characters. I think what, it, and if they had given you too much, like because the whole show is a mystery, these characters are discovering themselves yeah. as much as you are, and uh, so I think it was paced very well. I had a question for you. Yeah. Because I was 100% going to watch this on your recommendation, and then I read the cancellation. 
Is this still something that's worth watching? I think so. Okay. Because it is a cliffhanger, but it's... You could see it as, in a way, wrapping it up. Okay. I don't know. You could, like, you could, like maybe flush it out in your mind. Yeah. And I don't mind that part yeah. of it. I just, is the journey worth it knowing th- that there's not going to be... I think so. Okay. Um, no, I, I definitely want to watch it. I just... As soon as I was gearing up for it, I read about how it was canceled. I mean, I hope maybe the backlash gets to them or something. Like, maybe not, but it's just like... streaming services right now, it's not a Netflix original. They were distributing it. uh, So maybe it could go somewhere else, but I'm not sure how that works. I I would hope... Like, man, just do one more... Like, that was the same thing with Dark. Like, Dark was not an immediate hit. Yeah. It was something that got like fan like a word of mouth going, and people were talking about the love for this show. And then like they gave them two more seats, like th- yeah. like they wrapped it up. They had their story planned out. Like this was going to be like three seasons. It yeah. was going to be an overly long show. Like just let them do it. Like what there was like forty percent of the um, Netflix viewing audience who were finished this series and enjoyed it. Like let them just like do it. Yeah, I don't know. That's, I was it's so weird bummed. because Netflix used to understand that it's not about what happens the first month. It's yeah. up. It's there. It's there to binge and stream whenever you want to. And, you know, I, I wonder how much of it is the Netflix audience having trouble with. It's not that they don't want to watch it. It's that, oh, I'll get to that because it's here. And so yeah. that's how I, I was thinking too. of it. I I'll do get that to 1899, you know, next month because yeah. all of a sudden they're making – decisions like a network television uh, where, uh, you know, like, oh, man, the ratings aren't high enough right now. Well, right. And it's Um, the end of the year. Everyone is busy. And it's the like the next week they released Wednesday, which was like this thing that everybody was like anticipating. And then there's like this weird multi-language sci-fi mystery show that you're going to put it up against like that. Like, just give it some space to, like, yeah. breathe. And, like, I'm sure people would come around to it and Even finish if behind it. the scenes, they weren't announcing a cancellation. Even if they were just looking at it and, well, let's see what happens for three months. Let's not start production on the next one, but let's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just let it breathe a little bit and then make your decision. I feel like these decisions come so fast now. I was reading a thing about what how they do it, and it's like it's the first twenty eight days. Twenty eight days. <sighs> if they don't hit the certain number of finished hours of viewing, then they decide to get rid of it. Which wouldn't be so bad if there wasn't so much yeah. being released every single week. How can anybody keep up with any of it? Right. So I could see <sighs> like. Yeah, not making that decision such like so quickly and say, okay, the 28 day, first days, it didn't do well. And then it never really grew after whatever, uh, yeah. three months or something. Yeah. And then not green lighting a second season, yeah. but like just, man, it's such a stupid way to do it. And like, yeah. you're just going to turn fans off from wanting to like jump into another series. Yeah. Like that, I, that's how I'm feeling. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. Well, anyway, on that downer <laughs> note. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. That's where my spite, I was like, <laughs> I I'm just you. putting, like, I could have put something else there, but I want to talk about it. I thought it was spite at me. I thought you were going to put something on there that you knew I would hate. No, so. no. Okay. Not you. I got one of those. So, Interview <laughs> with the Vampire. Towards me? Yeah. Yeah. Interview with the Vampire is my number 10. Uh, this is an AMC adaptation of the Anne Rice uh, novels. Uh-huh. Uh, this is I always use this term, but I I genuinely mean it this year. There was so much that was better than it had business being. And this was one, it's better than it should have been. Yeah. Uh, And I don't mean like it's impossible. It's just the the way this comes together. It it does have some missteps. Mm -hmm. I think that's what really kept it at that number 10 spot from going higher. Because it's best episodes – it easily could have been top five. Yeah. But uh, it it had some growing pains. But it, it reinvented in interesting ways. It's much better than the original movie. I think it's better than the book. Mm. Um, it, it changes everything from time period to race to class. Uh, it sets it uh, at the beginning in, um, in, a, in a different way than the original story. But it does so to the betterment of the show. Yeah. And it's able to explore some more timely themes and, and things like that. And just like we talked about in our movie episode – 
It has a lot to do with gender and power dynamics and class dynamics mm-hmm. uh, with power. And it just, it, it has a lot to say. Yeah. And I'm, I'm more excited about what they're going to do with season two than maybe what they, you know, in the end pulled off with season one. But I just, I found myself really itching for the next mm. episode each week. And that's something, especially the ones that you couldn't binge. Uh, all of the the shows on my list are shows that I just could not wait mm. for the next episode to pop up. That's that's really important to me with TV. Do you think I, um, I this is one I didn't um, go past the first episode. Do you think this one would grow on me if I gave it more of a it's, chance? It's possible. Yeah. Wrapped up in this, similar to my love of comic book movies, I had, weirdly, yeah. as a 20-something male, uh, I had an Anne Rice phase uh-huh. where I read all the books. I had watched Interview with the Vampire. I loved the movie. There was just something about vampires and and things like that that caught me at the time. So a lot of this, similar to the MCU, builds on what I know. So part of my brain is just enjoying what they're doing as an adaptation. Mm-hmm. If you strip that away and you're not, you know, that kind of fan or you don't have that kind of history with this material, I don't know yeah. if it would ever rise to that level. It's definitely a well-made show. It's worth yeah. watching. But I don't know if it would capture your imagination as much as it did mine. I, I think watching it through about episode three yeah. would tell you for sure. Because episode one is one of those, uh, there's some stuff I like here, but I'm not so sure about some other stuff. That's how I felt. Um, But they really build on that. There's really only one, I said some missteps, there's only one episode. It's when they introduced the young girl, Claudia. Mm. I found her grating, Mm. but only for the first episode, thank God. Uh, Once they went where they were going with her character, it was much better. Yeah. Um, But I just, I had problems, and it was like episode four or five, I think. So it was right in the middle. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't bad, just... I don't know what, what they're doing here, but then I liked where they were going. Yeah. So, yeah, give it a shot. I don't know. Okay. What do I know? I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Clint. My number nine was The Shining Girls, ah. um, created by uh, Silka Louisa, who it's based on a book. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was one that I almost forgot about because it was earlier in the year. Yep. Um, and then I was going through, you know, all the movies or all the, the series from this year that have come out. And I, what I remember, like, I'm wondering if I should rewatch it, but I, what I remembered, I felt it was like the best non-Stephen King, Stephen King adaptation. I can attest to that. <laughs> it feels like this must be from Stephen King. And it's not, yeah. but it's just everything about it feels like a Stephen King story. Yeah. And I just, I really enjoyed the, um, how they dealt with time travel in mm-hmm. it. And I love when something can pull off that idea in such a, like, there's like this simple thing that makes it make sense. You don't have to n- know all the, the um, ins and outs of time travel. You just it's need not, to know the mechanics. Yeah. And how does a, it work? Right. In this story, how does yeah. it work and how does it, um, uh, the, do the characters interact with it and what does it say? Like, how does it play into the story? And that aspect of it really works. And uh, I think the mystery around it, like, is um, very interesting in how, like, this was one from week to week. It was coming out weekly. Mm-hmm. I couldn't wait for the next episode. And um, I thought they did a really good job of introducing um, new aspects of the mystery and and how it unfolded in um, ways that I feel just as well as like a Stephen King story would do. And uh, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen The Shining Girls, it's it's great. Yep, it's on Apple TV. Yep. And it's uh, it's actually my number eight. I'll talk about it here in a bit. But yeah, well, I'll just go ahead and talk about it now. Why not? Who cares about order? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Shining Girls, uh, just Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. And uh, what's uh, the guy who plays the serial killer? Uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, the performances. Jamie, is it Jamie? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the performances are fantastic. Yeah. They they keep you in. And the the mystery and the sci-fi fantasy elements just reveal themselves inch by inch, just yep. bit by bit. And yep. really at first you wouldn't be uh, you know, mistaken for thinking, okay, is this is this a show where we're questioning the mental state of the main character? Yep. But then you start to realize, no, it's much more than that. Uh, but it's done in such a unique and intriguing way, mm-hmm. and it, it wasn't something I had really seen before. Uh, it is time travel, but it's done um, in a different way. And just like you said, 
they never answer the why. Right. Why does this house do this? Why does yep. why does this have this power? Why does this exist? They don't know, and so they don't really care. It's more about how does this work. And I love how they they tie those two things together as far as like the characters don't know how it yeah. works. And like I like that they're dis- they discover this thing yeah. by accident. And it's not like they're team a team of scientists no, trying no, to study no. it, or they're just average people from different time periods who are discovering this thing. And the the best they can wrap their heads around is how it works, and then the different ways it can benefit them right. in the moment. Yep. And the story just sort of goes from there, and it has a lot of interesting uh, twists and angles. And I think the only thing that threw me off is I got to the last episode and thought there would be another two after that. Oh. So I was not watching the last episode like it was the finale. Oh, gotcha. And then realized, oh, oh wait, the, the show, the show's over. <laughs> no. Uh, but uh, I rewatched the last episode, you know, a couple weeks after that and realized, no, the last episode's great. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it was just my stupid fault for thinking there was more episodes. Hmm. Oh, HBO well. trying to convince me that every that season. Well, HBO tries to convince oh, me HBO. that every season has 10 episodes. Right. Well, this, this had eight? eight. Oh, yeah. And so it just, for some reason in my head, I was like, there are 10 episodes in the season. I think that's becoming more common too. The I eight? Think, yeah, yeah, eight. Yeah. yeah. It seems to be six, eight, ten. Mm-hmm. And 10 is more of your kind of prestige epic kind of, you know. Yeah. But even even uh, Rings of Power was That was eight. eight. Yeah. I think seven or eight. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that's an argument for another day, I guess. So, Clint, what's your number? Where are we at now? Oh, yeah. What's your number eight? My number eight. Um, this is Our Flags Mean Death. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Or, or flag. For some reason. Not flags, but yeah, flag. That title always makes me think somebody is initially talking about the Clint Eastwood <laughs> war film from back in the day that was paired with letters from Iwo Jima. And oh. I'm like, why are, why are we talking Fla- flags about? Flags of our father? Yeah. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Every time. Anyway. They made it into a series. They did. And- they did. With Taika Waititi. So yeah. go on, sir. Yeah, so this is um, the series about this um, man who decides, I'm going to become a pirate. Sure. He, he decides that As you do. he leaves his family and he buys a ship and he goes on the on the high seas and decides to have adventures. And this is a comedy series. Yes, Taika Waititi plays back Blackbeard. Um, and it is about this strange relationship that he forms with with Blackbeard and I would say romance. And it's very like sweet and very funny. And I was surprised how much I be, like came to love these characters and rooting for them, yeah. like in this strange way. It's the perfect sense of humor for me uh, because it's outlandish, but also it's somehow grounded within the world it's uh, constructed. Um, so yeah, I really this was another one where every week me and Jenny were looking forward to this one, yeah. um, and uh, I can't wait till it comes back. Yeah. The next on my list, I think the last time I talked to you about it on the podcast, I talked about it too early because I was I was almost shoulder shruggy about it. Uh-huh. By the end of this this series, which is a limited series on Paramount Plus, this I is just, number eight for this you. Number well, it was number nine because I cheated on number eight. But <laughs> shh. Anyway, You're throwing this all off. I know it's the offer, uh, which oh, is okay. uh, sort of the semi-fictionalized retelling of the making of the Godfather, uh-huh. the original Godfather. Uh, this movie is so much fun, and it's old Hollywood fun. The show? Uh, the show, yes. Sorry, did I say movie? Yeah, it's okay. The show about the making of the movie okay. is so much fun, Yeah, and it's got a great cast, and yes, they're uh, to some extent doing impressions uh-huh. of people that, that you know, are recent enough that, that you're familiar with, and it's about The Godfather, and yeah. most people have seen The Godfather. Uh, but it's it's just it's it's a funny show. It's it's effectively dramatic at times, uh, but really it digs into what are artists really willing to do uh-huh. to complete their art and to realize their art in the way that that they want to. How far are they willing to go? How hard are they willing to fight? Yeah. And this is you know the the main characters are just this this ragtag band of filmmakers most of them new and new actors who are coming together and trying to get some, uh, you know, just 
attention to this project so they can make it the way they want to make it. Mm -hmm. And every episode is full of problems and things that that come against the production that they have to figure their way out of. Um, It's surprisingly true to life. There were a couple of things where they, you know, truncated this or extended that or made this up to make it make sense. Uh, But for the most part, it's just, it's it's a fun little old Hollywood walk that... uh, I don't know. I really enjoyed, and I was not expecting to enjoy it as much by the end mm-hmm. uh, as as when I was watching it at the beginning. Yeah. So, and it's it's since sent me off. I've rewatched The Godfather. I watched a documentary on uh, the the producer um, that's in the movie. Um, uh-huh. Oh, now I I had his name and Bob Evans, Robert Evans. And uh, watched a whole documentary on him. And this has spun me off in yeah. so many different directions. And then you even have things like uh, the the guy that Miles Teller plays mm-hmm. um, that is is so pushing to get this movie made. He made a ridiculous amount of movies. Mm-hmm. And so suddenly this character represents all these other things. And in the background of The Godfather being made, you have them talking about, uh, you know, trying to get – the longest yard off the ground and Chinatown off the ground mm-hmm. and how nobody in Hollywood understands Chinatown and what a stupid name. And <laughs> they just swear it's going to be a great script, but yeah. nobody believes them. And just fun little nods like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, had a, I had a blast with it. Nice. Yeah. I have to check that one out. I have it, not. Yeah, I would I would check that one out before Interview with the Vampire. I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah. So, number seven. No, now you, we're back. No, we are on track. You have to give your, what was your eight? I already did it. So, Interview with the Vampire, The Offer, and Shining Girls. Oh, okay. I already talked about Shining Girls. I'm sorry. Because Shining Girls was my nine. Shining Girls is my eight. It's really good. You guys should watch it. Clint, what's your number seven? <laughs> Thank you for getting this train back on the rails. You're welcome. You're welcome. I won't do it again. I promise. I swear. So, I'm going to say... Something that, like, to help me, like, gather my thoughts on this, like, because there's so many good series. Mm -hmm. I was trying to, like, break it down into new series that have just come out that I've really enjoyed and ones that are, have wrapped up this, like, they're on their, they had their final uh, episode. Hurrah. Hurrah, and the the series is over. This one is breaking from that one that I'm about to say. So, um my number seven is this last season of Stranger Things mm. because I I now are you counting both parts as one yeah, season cool. yeah yeah okay yeah. just the the whole of yeah. this past season um, because I was just honestly blown away by this past season I think it really upped the game of this whole of the whole show it gave new stakes to the whole thing it made it much yeah. more like adult, even though it always like, I mean, it was always willing to go there. I mean, like, I mean, the, it was always willing to go dark and the, the kids are, you know, just cursing the whole time. And like, it, it never shied away from like trying to make this thing, this friendly PG 13 thing. But I think this one just emotionally and like character wise was willing to go into the things that they were like kind of hinting at before yeah. and just like making a, um, you know, a big bad uh, that has a face and a voice. A and face a and a voice. Story. It's not just some like uh, monster from beyond this yeah. other dimension. It's something that they that exists because of things they are have done in the past. Mm-hmm. There, there's a and it has like consciousness. They're like it has something not will and will motivation, and, motivation yeah. and that they have to then in, uh, go up against yeah. and. I think it, they did a really good job of introducing that thing, but also introducing it in a way that, like, like I wasn't expecting it ties all the other seasons yeah. together. It makes a through line. Um, and I felt like it worked really well. It didn't feel, like, kind of ham-fisted and they were trying to shove it in there. It felt natural and, um, like, kind of, even if it wasn't, it felt thought out from the beginning. Um, but honestly, just the characters and, like, the... The, were much stronger this season, I thought. Like, the kids are coming into their own as actors. Yeah. And um, and I just thought the, the world was fantastic. Like, yeah. I don't know. There was just something that really grabbed me about this past season. Stranger Things was fighting for my number 10 spot. Yeah. It just fell into honorable mentions, and I hated, I hated seeing it that low. Yeah. Because it really was uh, that good. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, maybe a rewatch would shove it up higher for me, probably, um, because it, it really, 
uh, for for a season four of a five season show. It it really pushed things and felt very final season. Yeah, could have been right. Honestly, the final season if yeah. it had ended ended like this, minus that last little tidbit. Right. You know, it you could have just kind of signed off and Stranger Things out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it it just barely made it. And then my number seven. Uh, unfortunately, does not deserve to be this low on the list. And I kind of hate that it's this low on the list. But much as I tried, I couldn't find a way to to get it higher. And that is The Rings of Power. Um, And I I love this series. The series is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And this is one that, man, I just could not wait for each week. I couldn't wait Mm -hmm. to see what they were going to do and uh, what what things they were going to bring to the table. I love the mysteries that they put into it. I love the way they solved it. Um, it just, unfortunately, there were there were literally six other series that just, <laughs> I, I could not justify putting a season one Rings of Power above. Yeah. Uh, now, maybe I'll look like an idiot one day because, you know, after five seasons of this thing, I'm just going to be head over heels and kicking myself for- Or maybe it just all goes downhill down. and you were uh, prescient and- Maybe. Discovery. Maybe. You knew something we didn't know. Maybe. I don't know, but I did love this show. Yeah. It was delightful little Harfoots. So, <laughs> Clint, what's your number six? My number six is this is going to um, one that wrapped up this past season, and this is Search Party mm-hmm. with uh, Aaliyah Shawkat and John Early and numerous other great actors, comedic actors. And this is one of those shows where, man, every single season – they do such a good good job of like throwing a wrench in what they did previously and doing something new and in uh, like so surprising and man this past season the last season of the show is so bizarre like i'm not i don't even want to talk like go into specifics of it this is one i still need to watch like yeah i'm not going to tell like it goes so bizarre in off the rails in a, such a delightful way and um I was so surprised by what they were willing to do with this thing, this show that they had set up. And like, because it starts out, where this show starts out is just a girl they knew from college disappears. And so Aaliyah Shawkat's um, character decides to take it upon herself to try to find this girl Mm -hmm. that she kind of knew. (laughs) <laughs> like she wasn't even good friends with her. And so it's about her, them and this group of friends trying to uh, figure out where she is and how they get wrapped up in this mystery and where it, how it takes a toll on their lives and where it ends up is so strange. And I will say the mystery is really good to this show. It's really compelling. And also it's very, very funny. How many seasons is the total? Uh, is it I oh, think it's, it's five, five seasons. Yeah, five wow. seasons. And this is one where I think it started off on like like TNN or like some like really TBS. TBS. Yeah, and then it moved to HBO. Yeah. And it was like one of those that hmm. like I had always heard people talk about, but it was just like it was on this lesser cable, like straight to cable like cable channel. And I can't believe that they got to do five seasons of this show, awesome. especially how bizarre it is. Um, it's great. Okay. Man, I'll have to watch that. I just I, I think you'll not... enjoy it. It's so it's very, very funny yeah. and the mystery is very good. Okay. Uh my number six is FX's Under the Banner of Heaven. Oh. Which was also a limited series. Yeah, this stars yeah. Andrew Garfield, among others. Uh, and it's it's basically this uh inspired by true tales, uh sort of Mormon detective thriller very yeah, very yeah, much yeah. in the vein of of true detective season one mm. but with mormons <laughs> <laughs> and no um, possibility of like a supernatural element or anything going on i mean you know Maybe, i mean god i don't know sure yeah anyway uh great great uh well-written uh drama it's it's got a lot of really kind of searing and and uh raw performances mm-hmm. that really come together well the central mystery is really good yeah um this is another one where uh i just all of a sudden it was over and my brain told me no there's another episode and i <laughs> wish my brain would stop doing that yeah uh i think i miss commercials where it's like season finale this oh. week yeah. And without that, and watching it week to week, suddenly it's it's just the finale. And if they don't tell me, I'm an idiot. Uh, but love this. I've recommended it to several people. I, I love how much it really digs in and examines sort of um, 
religious zealotry. Yeah. Uh, and it never it never takes shots at somebody's faith, but it does take shots at somebody uh, exercising their faith to a degree that uh, they start to contradict their own principles and their own stated morality. Uh, yeah, and, and like and also, blind faith from other people going yes. along with somebody like that. And and I also liked it digs into Mormon church history mm-hmm. because then it really kind of presents a crisis of faith for the main detective character played by Andrew yeah. Garfield uh, because he has to kind of come to terms with the fact that, you know, if you find out that religious leaders early in your movement were frauds in some way, does that mean your entire faith is a fraud? Mm-hmm. And he really, I, I love how much time they devoted to him wrestling with that. Uh, and kind of the conclusion where he has to come to a place where he's separating faith from the people who have uh, mishandled, you know, those same beliefs or used it for their own means. And I, I think that's something, especially for people who have grown up in the American church, that's a very common story, mm-hmm. uh, especially with 20, 30, and 40-somethings who come out of the 90s and early 2000 era churches, uh, where you get to a place that you have to question and start to draw some lines between what you believe and what people told you to believe. Right. And you got to work it out for yourself. And this show really kind of encapsulates that that struggle and that journey uh, in in really dramatic and, and interesting ways. And, and it shows enough characters that it shows different characters handling that crisis in different ways. Yeah. I really love that moment at the end with Andrew Garfield where he's basically in his head stepped away from yeah. his religion. And that moment where he's like, is with his mother and they're out like kind of enjoying a, a sunset or something and she's bringing God into it. And he's kind of like, let's enjoy it as us together here in like just as a beautiful sunset in a beautiful moment. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't need to be a debate or a discussion or. or Right. Or we have to bring some, um, you know, like all seeing thing, like God into this. Like this is just us together enjoying a beautiful thing. Yeah. And it's okay if that's all it is. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. There there was some beautiful, like that one is on my list at um, 15 and it would have been, it could have been probably higher. And I I think it's because it was so early in the year that I've not forgotten about it, but it's just been so many other things. Yeah. All right. So what's your number five? Uh, my number five, another one that wrapped up this year is um, Better Call Saul. Ah, that's my number five. Yeah, awesome. Oh, I was so I thought you were going to yell at me for making it number five. No, because I already felt like, man, I, it was so good. And I know I'm shocked it's down at number five. But there's so many, yeah, good yeah, series. Yeah. Um, man, like this show till the end. Like I, the last season alone, I loved the last season and how it just goes um, completely like Cohen brothers and it's just telling the full story of him after the fact in black and white and just him slowly like becoming himself again yeah. into a like point where he's going to lose it all like <laughs> so much of the series was getting to a place where it connected to breaking bad yeah that it was both uh, abrupt but really satisfying for it to return to its season one roots of, no, let's focus back in on Mm -hmm. not the Breaking Bad connection points, but this guy and where he comes from and where he's going. Yeah. Yeah, I I really appreciated that. Yeah, me too. And I loved how they addressed kind of the Breaking Bad elements that are like tying those Mm -hmm. things together and how really like subtle they were in almost like not these massive events that were tying him to um to that world but so much more like kind of this emotional like um like central thing yeah. about him that like yeah. he you're they were exploring even the returning characters that have cameos yeah. Walt Jesse and um Hank's wife. Yeah. Those are all used in ways that serve his character. Yeah, exactly. Never to serve, oh, we get to find out something else about Walt. No. Right. It's, no, it's no. the the Walt moment of it, especially that scene. Yeah. Very dismissible. Right. Uh, You're learning something about um Saul. Saul, yeah. not about him. And I really 
any other show I feel like would have made the opposite decision. Right. Oh, here's your here's your fan service. It, it never felt fan service. Never. Uh, it 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 was it was so well done. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but I was just su- super happy that they tied it up so well yeah. and so differently than Breaking Bad yep. because Breaking Bad just progressively gets more intense mm-hmm. and bigger like still within the world like yeah. but just the stakes get higher this goes smaller at the end yeah. and, but it's so fitting and it's it's both series are about characters essentially getting what they deserve yeah but what they deserve is very different they both deserve to be punished they're both criminals uh but but they both follow kind of the logical progression of what would happen to this person. There's no version where Saul goes out in a hail of gunfire. No, no. That's just not that character. It's never been that character, and that would have been disingenuous to everything that's come before it. And and so I, I really appreciated how it got smaller and quieter and smaller and quieter and really came down to, uh, perfectly, a courtroom scene and, uh, you know, whether he is Saul or Jimmy. And that was, you almost lose track of, because once he becomes Saul, you almost lose track of that internal struggle of who am I? But those last episodes really bring it back to, are you Saul? Are you Gene? Are you Jimmy? Who are you? And both go out, like, kind of seal their own fates for somebody they love. And on their own terms, And yeah. on their own terms. Yeah. Like, he does it for, um, what's her name? Um, his... His wife, yeah. uh, I can't remember the actor, the yeah. character's Are name. Are we talking Skylar or Kim? Oh, Kim. I meant yeah. Kim. Yeah. He does it for her to to, to get her um, out of the situation yeah. she's in, and um, and then Walt does it for Jesse. Yeah, that like at least that's how I see it. Yeah, yeah. no, I definitely agree, and it's it's both of them having to fall on their swords. Yeah, to really make a decision that that matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walt was just too far. And so he he had one fate, and you know Saul is much more I think of a redemption story, yeah, rather than a last minute redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I hundred percent agree. I love I love that show. Me too. So number four then for you. Um, I don't know if you've watched this one yet, but the rehearsal with Nathan Fielder. No, I need to. It's on my list too. You've you've talked to me so much about it. This it show sounds so good. Uh, it's so good. It's so bizarre. It like it's done things like it takes the whole idea that what like Nathan for you for you did, um, but pushes it even further kind of into our reality mm-hmm. and exploring um, so many different things that like in a more realistic way, like just showing different parts of like our culture and like in just people in general, mm-hmm. and um, it's so. It, I just can't stop saying it's so bizarre. I it starts off bizarre. <laughs> it ends <laughs> like and it goes and it just like completely dodges and weaves it weaves and like equally funny as like kind of poignant. Mm-hmm. And um really I think he he's a genius and uh it's it's great. Okay. Yeah. Well, my number four is a show we talked about a lot, and you're gonna be shocked <laughs> it's at number four. I know it's a show you loved. And and I'm sorry to put it at number four. Was spite? Was you're, this out of spite? No. I know you're going to want it higher. But Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got you. No. That's my number one. <laughs> um, this is, no, this is my spite. Uh, because uh, yeah. I, not spite, I just, I know you did not have uh, any grand affection for this show. I just, yeah. I don't know what it is about the Game of Thrones universe. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it to tears. And... Um, I, I rewatched both Rings of Power and I rewatched House of the Dragon, and I don't know. I I guess I'm just the uh, the Game of Thrones guy, and a little bit more than the Lord of the Rings guy. Uh, they're both great. Uh, they're both good first seasons, but man, I loved House of the Dragon. Um, I I don't know. I've I've talked already so much about it. That's nowhere on my list. I know. I know. I knew that <laughs> I would mean, not like, even be in your honorable like, mentions. I didn't even put in my, like, nope. I don't even know why. Like, no I probably shot. should have because yeah. I, I watched all of it. Yeah, but. <laughs> that's, that's, Isn't that the prerequisite? Wow. It's a really for, high bar. Yeah. I watched all of it. Yeah. Would I you got have through. watched all of it if we weren't constantly comparing 
rings and dragon though yeah i i would I th- watch really? i think i watch oh, okay. it out of spite oh okay yeah you know, I, I, I could tell the whole time you were wakanda forevering it so <laughs> it's okay we can't all like good things clint <laughs> All right, let's take a pause there before we get to our top three, and let's go through kind of our uh, honorable mentions. I only have five honorable mentions. I don't know how many you have. I have ten, but I'll just just blow through it. Let's hear it. Um, Any other year, this probably would have been higher, but because it didn't follow my, like, requirements that Mm -hmm. I set up for myself. uh, Watching a full season. Yeah, or... (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I didn't witness all. I witnessed. Okay. So, no. It, <laughs> if I get through it, it goes on the list. Yeah, okay. I mean, you only watch so many series. If you watch 10 series, they're in your top 10, right? Right. Yeah. So, all of these, I watched all of them. Okay. All That's episodes. good to know. Good to know. So, no, this one wasn't brand new and it wasn't wrapping up. Well, I mean, other than Stranger Things, like I said. Uh, Barry, mm, the new I haven't season. Haven't gotten to that one yet. Barry uh, was the new season. Um, Hacks, that was another. It was fantastic, but it was second season of that. Um, this one I contemplated going higher because the ones I loved, I really loved, and the ones I didn't, I was cold on. So, Cabinet of Curiosities. Mm. Um, I, there's some of those episodes I could have like put maybe my top twenty favorite like movies of yeah. the year. There's some fantastic ones. Uh, 17, uh, Irma Vep on HBO. Didn't watch that one either. Man, you watched way more TV than I have. It was really good. It's okay. it's a strange, it's a... I've uh, seen the original movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is already strange, so... I think you would like it. Okay. It's, it's good. Um, 16, this one could have maybe been higher. It was, it really was a slow burn for me, and it almost took like seven episodes for me to realize I'm really enjoying oh, wow. this. So, uh, Fleischman is in trouble. Mm. Have you watched this at no. all? Man, it gets to a point where it becomes really, um, there's a certain episode where there's a turning point for me. And then I realized that uh, I'm watching something different than I thought I was. Yeah. And um, it's Yeah, worth, you, you told me about it at dinner one week. Yeah, yeah. It's worth watching. Okay. It, it, everyone's in it who re, uh, is really good, like Jesse Eisenberg. Mm-hmm. And um, it's great. Um, 14, uh, The After Party. On, uh uh-huh. yep that was great did watch that one um 13 the bear on uh on hulu that was really good it was i think it wait 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 oh barry i thought you were talking about the bear <laughs> when you said barry that's like i haven't gotten to that one yet of course i've gotten to barry barry i forgot barry. about barry yeah barry's not on my list but oh it's okay, a, that it was be, only on a new season, though. It just for some reason you said Barry, and I'm like, yeah, the bear. I haven't watched that yet. And then you said the bear just now, and I'm like, you just said the bear. <gasps> oh, yeah, Barry. Barry. Sorry, reset. Barry was my twenty. The <laughs> okay. bear. The bear. Um, it was just on Hulu. It could have been. It, it's I recognize it's fantastic. It's so well done, but it's so intense, like hmm. nerve wracking because it's just people screaming in the kitchen for. But luckily, the episodes are only like a half hour, so it's not too overwhelming. But it's so well, it's so uh-huh. good. It's it's funny. It is really funny, and uh, even by the end of the first season, it's really pays off really well. Okay, it's very good. Twelve. This one almost was in my top ten, just because I was so surprised how good it was, mm-hmm. and that is the new season of the Kids in the Hall. Mm. Um, haven't watched it either. It's very good. And like just coming back after that much time, it's surprising how relevant it still feels and even more kind of surreal that they're, they're kind of going into similar characters, but at this point in their lives. Mm -hmm. And I think it works so well is because like the entire time between the original series and this, they've been touring, they've been doing like theater, theater uh, shows. So it still feels fresh and it doesn't feel like there was this giant break in between and they're coming together. It's like they've, they've continued on just in different ways. And, um, it's, it's great. It's very good. I was surprised how well it still works. Um, the kids in the hall, uh, 11 was, uh, strange new worlds. Mm. Um, and that was another one where it took me a while to gather how much I really liked it. And by the end, I realized I actually love all these characters. Mm-hmm. And this one, I think if I rewatched it, it would have been higher. Um, and that's it. 
Okay. That was 11. Uh, I only have five. My number 15 was The Old Man with uh, Jeff. Oh, yeah. Bridges. Yeah, I never I finished that, that one. Oh, really? I, yeah. Okay. It's. I thought it was a limited series. It has a season two coming. Oh, okay. And so uh, you might you might want to finish that one off. But yeah, very good. You had recommended it to me early on. Uh, my number fourteen is the final season of Ozark. My didn't watch it. Really? No. I thought you liked Ozark. I did, but then I was just like, not in, never in the mood to get back into that world. Huh. It's kind of oppressive. Okay. It it is. It is very much, I mean, like, it was already an impressive show. Yeah. The final season does not yeah. deviate from that. Mm-hmm. And it, anyway. Uh, uh, my number 13, which I was surprised was so low, Stranger Things season four. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number 12 was Handmaid's Tale season five. That one, needs, I should have had it on my list because uh, I it was one that another one where I had a hard time getting myself yeah. to go back in. And then recently I did and caught up, and I, it was very, very good. Yeah, by especially the last four or five episodes of that yeah. season, just oof. Yep. Um, they really kind of turned the volume back up on that yep. show uh, and made it feel relevant again. Yep. Uh, and then finally, 11, uh, from the creator of The Wire, We Own This City, mm. which is a six-episode uh, kind of crime drama about uh, Baltimore police. 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 Uh, really good. Uh, very intense. Uh, a little off-putting. Yeah, for most of it, honestly. But but a really good show. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Baltimore's nearby, so you gotta represent. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. What do the kids say? Nothing Clint? sounded so wrong <laughs> as you saying that. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's get to our top three. Clint, what is your uh, number three? Rings of Power. Oh, there it is. I was waiting for it. Rings of Power is my number three. Um, This is what I want when I want fantasy, I realized. Like, Game of Thrones was not doing it for me. I think that's why every single time I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this show still. And then I immediately started watching this show, and I was like, that's right. I want hard fantasy where there's, like, elves and, you know, the the Harfoots and... Uh, men and like you know, it's all the different things going on. Yeah. And wizards, I want wizards being wizards. Yeah. And um, I love just how colorful this world is, and like instantly, I had affection for like all the characters, even yeah. like the bad characters. Yeah. Um, and this is just really scratched. Like maybe I don't do fantasy right. But this one is doing what I want out of fantasy. It was interesting because when I rewatched it, uh, because I agree with everything you just said about it, um, until I watched it the second time through, and it wasn't that I didn't like the humans. I just didn't care about that storyline. I kept wanting to get to dwarves, elves, wizards. Um, the human stuff kind of dragged. There wasn't a lot of layer to it. Mm. I think that's why it ended up drifting down my list further. Uh, but... That's also because there's not a lot of layering to the human story at first. I don't. I don't think that's the fault of the show. I think the show handles that storyline fine. Um, it's just the other stuff around it is so uh, exciting for your brain uh, and fantastical. You want to get to that sort of thing. I like the like. What I liked about that was that in this world, like the men were kind of the other, yeah. especially when they're ex- like the ones that they're really focusing on are ones yeah. that have been separated by living on this island by themselves. So yeah. like they're the ones that like are the outcast almost and they're going into their world. So you don't really know much about them. Yeah. And I think that aspect of it really worked for me. Well, and overall, I don't really mind because yeah. for as much as you have all of these races in the Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. it's essentially Aragorn and Frodo's story. Right. It's, it's a very Hobbit and human story. And yeah. so, the fact that this one is, I mean, really, the humans are a very small part of it. Right. Um, but I, I also know that there's a lot more to come there uh, that's going to be more interesting. This is much more about Sauron tricking the elves uh, and, and getting there maybe yeah. through the humans. Eventually, he's got to get back and, and do his, his sinister routine on the humans. Right. And so I think that a lot of the human stuff in, in season one was just kind of set up for what they're going to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's it's not a negative in any way. It's just on my rewatch, I'm like, 
oh, get me. Where's Where's Elrond <laughs> and where's Durin? That's, you know, that was my bread and butter mm. of that show. I love, man. Yeah, I was surprised how two. much I, like, I never had a problem when it would switch from one storyline to the other. Like, yeah. I was equally yeah. as interested in every single storyline. Yeah. And that's very rare for, like, a series to be able to yeah. do that. Well, and I think it's because even though the tone is switching, we talked about that in the movie episode with Jordan Peele's Nope, how mm-hmm. he just lets the characters switch the tone. I think this does the same thing. Yeah. The Harfoot storyline is much lighter and and bubblier or whatever you want to yeah. call it, but they are. Right. And their story only gets dark when you have the entrance of wizards. Yeah. And and so it's allowing the characters to define the tone. Even the humor of the dwarves and elves conflict mm-hmm. can be dramatic if, you know, what's-his-name can't smile elf is in the room. Or it can be fun and and more familial when it's Elrond and, and Durin who are old friends uh, that are having a bit of a tiff. Yeah, because they never do, like, these wild tonal shifts to the show as, like, all oh, the music changed. It's all yep. goofy now. It's yep. like we're having fun. No, it's just, like, the characters nat- naturally reacting with, you know, humor or, yeah. like, a dramatic moment or whatever. Yeah. Well, in different reviews where people were really down on it, where I read them harping on all the tonal shifts, I'm like, no, you've just got very different kinds of characters in very different states of minds. Yeah. And so my mind was fine doing an abrupt switch because, oh, now we're away from the call to war of the humans. Now we're checking in the Harfoots. The Harfoots don't have a call to war. Right, they're all separated by large amounts amounts of space. They're encountering different things at different times. They're just taking carts to go collect fruit. Everybody calm down. So I I appreciated the way the show handled that. And, and I, I don't feel like it bounced back and forth too much. I no, felt I like either. it knew when to leave one yeah. storyline and go to the next. Yeah. And if have you never watched like the Lord of the Rings? Like, Seriously. Like, yeah. The Hobbits in that are goofy. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly. <laughs> Every time Merry and Pippin pop up, it's like, oh, here we are, comic relief. Yeah. And Frodo, okay, we're sappy and sad. And <laughs> Sam, oh, now I'm feeling all heartstringy and noble. And, you know, it just... Anyway, yeah. Uh, my number three was Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Mm. Uh, this one, I, I totally agree with you. I think I was just primed for it already. Yeah. My dad has a huge love of the original Star Trek series. Yeah. That was the one thing when I was a kid I could watch with him that just we both liked. And then when I was a little bit older, The Next Generation came out, and I watched that with my mom. And so this kind of throwback style, yeah, uh, ep- more episodic and, and things like that, I really enjoyed. I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much if it had stayed so episodic that you didn't have those character arcs. And I was really yeah. happy that there were still some pretty major character arcs. Mm-hmm. And by the end, there were some deaths that really hit oh, me yeah, in, that's in an when emotional I realized, place. That's when I realized how much I had actually yeah. grown attached yeah. to these characters. And I think it was like, I mean, the main characters we've encountered before. Yeah. But it was just like the whole idea of like having to learn this whole new crew. Yeah. It took a little time for yeah. me. And once I clicked into it, I really liked it. And I think if I, like I said, if I rewatch it, I won't have that problem. And yeah. it probably would be higher on my list. Well, and I think part of my benefit was I watched three or four episodes into it and yeah. realized Rachel would like it. And oh, I doubled back that's, yeah. and started watching it again with her. Mm-hmm. So I sort of, in those early episodes, got a yeah. a built-in rewatch mm-hmm. that may have helped there. I need to do that with Jenny because I think she would enjoy this out of all the new ones the most because mm-hmm. it's probably like we're, we're uh, catching up on Doctor Who. And it's probably the closest to like Doctor Who where there's yeah. still fun aspects and doesn't go as intense as some like, you know, Discovery or something yeah. like that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So on my TV bingo card, I think I have your top two figured out. <laughs> I really do. I think you do. I think they're the exact same as mine. I think so. So let's go. Number two is... Andor. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Clint, no. We talked about it every week. Yeah. Oh, wow, But I think you're underestimating how much I like my number one. Well, I really like that one, too, because that's probably my number two. Well, we're going to have to do a little switch. All right, let's go ahead and talk about Andor. It's your number two. It is my number one. Yeah. I really thought we were simpatico. Yeah, but my number one is really, like, I've 
It was early in the year, and I haven't stopped thinking about it. Well, I have this pre-prepared final love letter (laughs) to season one of Andor. I'm scratching your name out. There we go. Don't do that. I scratched it out. You remove that from the audio then. Clint. Go ahead. All right. Let's let's hear your defense of why Andor is a terrible show. (laughs) Why are you jumping to this now? Like, why? All right. All right. Go ahead. Number... Like, like it could probably, like it could switch. I mean, no, no, no. don't don't apologize for your error and your lapse in judgment. Go ahead. Okay, this is probably why because um, Andor is this like a part of this whole established yeah. universe, and that like has a lot of building blocks that it could pull from. Yeah, and uh, I've been so let down by all of the other Star Wars yeah. for the most part, like other than like Rogue One. That I was so like happy that this was tapping into the aspects of Star Wars that I love, yeah. and were really like, um, like stepping off of those and going in new directions, and uh, like completely flushing out the world in the way I was really like had it in my head. It has the benefit of a lot of foundation blocks that you already know. Yeah, 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 and it, and it's it's doing what I wanted to see with those building blocks. Yeah. Um, I don't know. As much as we've talked about Andor, I won't like beat this horse to death, but it's it's fantastic. Like every aspect of it, the world building, the characters are awesome. Um, the like subtlety of the world is so good. Um, I don't know. It ties in like how the like the world building was done in the original Star Wars mm-hmm. that I loved. Like just like kind of real world practical things looked at in a different way through this sci fi lens. Um, it's fantastic. Yeah, and I'm just picking on you. That's actually the exact mode of logic I went through when I, I'm assuming your number one is Severance. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Severance. I went back and forth as to whether Andor was one or two and Severance was one or two for the exact same reason you're talking about. Severance had so much more work it had to put into making you fall in love with the characters, the story, and the world. Yeah, It it had a lot more uh, building blocks to mm-hmm. lay down, whereas Andor really benefits from your pre-established knowledge. Not that you would need that. I think it's a great show either way. For sure. Um yeah, and and in true uh, Clinton Ken fashion, <laughs> nostalgia won out for me. Yeah, yeah, uh, and creativity won out for you. Right. And that that seems to be a, a pretty common theme with us. Yeah, um, these are both shows. I don't even know how you would compare them because they couldn't be more different. Uh, but they're they're both honestly they're they're pretty interchangeable in my world. One is the pinnacle of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. It is it is the things you love from childhood, but done right as an adult. And the other one is something you've never seen or thought of or dreamed of done in a way that captivates your imagination every single week Mm -hmm. and leaves you desperate for whatever the next part of the story is. Yep. Um, So so let me hear your thoughts on Severance because we haven't really talked about that a lot on here. I think you talked about it a little to recommend it to me, but then yeah, we haven't be, really talked about it Because we never since. really overlap because I would do the Senate or my uh, What You Watching yeah. About It and gush about it, yeah. but then you watched it later. Yeah. Um, and then you were a believer. Yes. But um, that's what I, you exactly. I love that it was this fresh new world that we haven't seen. Um, it, I mean, it's definitely like, t- like, Referencing things we are familiar with, like say like Brazil or yeah. um, um, trying to think, like there's a lost but lost aspect to it of the mystery. It's it's post apocalyptic light. It's something where society has gone sideways. It's not destroyed society, but it's sort of it's just it's made just, society. It's kind of a step over from our, our reality yeah. now. Yeah, um, and where it could maybe lead towards uh, a post-apocalyptic events or not even events. It's just like, I don't know. Things that derail society as it is to create something else that maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, but it's destroying what came before it. It's it's a different mode. Yeah. And, And honestly, it's legitimately funny. Yeah. Like the I, I and from the first episode, I understood the characters and loved the characters, mm-hmm. and their um 
the relationship and like between all of them in the office. And I love the, the um, balance between the office life and the outside mm-hmm. life was, I think, so well done. And both are equally as uh, mysterious uh, with the, the Adam Scott character. Um, yeah. And then like, oh, man, there's just so many aspects of this ties. Like Brazil is probably like my top movie maybe my favorite movie of all Ever. time wow. like it's it's very high top yeah. five i like i think about that movie constantly i love that world this like oh gets into that the what i feel about that movie mm-hmm. and there'll so. be times i'll be talking with people about tv and they'll suddenly start down this path of uh, you know so i've watched this series and it's really weird you may not like it i'm sorry if you don't but have you watched Almost every time severance uh-huh. comes out of their mouth and, or it'll come out of my mouth and I'll do the same sort of lead up to it. And it's it's this thing where more people have watched it than you think. Yeah. And everybody I've talked to is just for different reasons, but just so fascinated mm-hmm. with this world and these characters and and the plot and and where it's going. And um and it's one of those things where I don't have expectations for yep. the mystery. Like, I'm just content living in this world and with these characters, and where it goes, I'm fine. Like, my hands are off the wheel. Like, I don't, like, if... If they want to wrap the story up in two seasons, I'm good. If they want four, I'm good. I'm just, I'm invested in the story they're telling, and you can tell they're pacing it in a way that they're not in any hurry, Yep. but they're also not the type that are going to extend it beyond its shelf life. Right, and I just I feel like I'm along for the ride, and I am enjoying that ride, and, and that that world building. And like, it's my number one. But honestly, I feel like Andor and that are sitting side by side, yeah. but just yeah. for different reasons, like that you've yep. already expressed. Yeah, and that's I mean, literally for months, I've been looking at you know even before Andor finished, I knew if Andor finishes well. My one and two are Andor and Severance. And how do you determine which one is your favorite when they strike two very different chords? And they're doing the same kind of things in their world. They're mm-hmm. both the same level of writing and the same level of, in, of innovation for their worlds. And the kind of the same level of like sci-fi storytelling, yeah. but just different avenues of sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Like one's a little bit like is you know space adventure sci-fi, but like there's this real subtlety to it yeah. that um, I think has been missing from that world. Yeah. And then this is you know you, this like semi post-apocalyptic um, futuristic um, office space. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. They're very small stories that yeah. really push the camera in tight on just the the characters that you're following. Yeah. And you get the sense that a lot more is happening around right. them yeah. in the world. Mm-hmm. But what really matters is this group of people, yep. this group of characters. This is the microcosm of this bigger thing yes. that is existing outside yep. the frame. And and both shows do that. I mean, you know, Andor does that a, a little more spread out over three different factions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but still at the same time, you're getting these, these intensely private and intimate mm-hmm. moments. Always. Yep. Uh, even when Andor gets big, it's because those characters for a brief moment are in the middle of something big. Yeah. And then when they get out of it, you leave whatever big thing is happening. Yep. And you have no idea how it wraps up because what matters is those people. Severance is the same way. You get this idea that this technology is really affecting this world and there's really uh, unrest and disagreement and division over should this technology even exist – but you really only get it at the, at the periphery because it's about these people in this environment that are actually going in. And on top of that, each of those characters is two different people, yeah. uh, which, you know, if you haven't watched it, that will make no sense. But Oh, honestly, like when I saw the premise for the show and like the trailers, I was like, how, yeah. like, what, what, like, does that mean as far as like being able to tell a story around yeah. that? Like, it felt like such a s- small, like, Oh, what a, what if kind yeah. of thought, but then you dive into it deeper and like the ripple effects of that yep. in your life that it is so much more interesting yeah. than what I first conceived of it uh, when I first heard about it. it is yeah, 
Well, I think that was a fine and successful top 10 list. <laughs> well done. Uh, these were much different, I think, and more more diverse than our movie list, which we were a little more similar on. So yeah. let's go back through uh, 10 through 1. Clint, what were your top 10? Um, 1899, Out of Spite, The Shining <laughs> Girls, Our Flag Means Death, Stranger Things, Search Party, Better Call Saul, The Rehearsal, Rings of Power, Indoor Severance. And mine goes at number 10, Interview with the Vampire, The Offer, Shining Girls, Rings of Power, Under the Banner of Heaven, Better Call Saul, House of the Dragon, Clint's favorite, Strange New Worlds, Severance, and Andor. That's good list. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, the next episode you will see coming in a couple of days is one I'm actually really excited about. I think it's going to yeah, be yeah. I think it's going to be interesting. Really different. I don't think there'll be any us. overlap. Almost. I don't think so. Maybe, maybe one, maybe one or, or two. two. Uh, but basically, this is ten films each that we have discovered in 2022. Our favorites but they were not released in 2022. So we got to them late. Or maybe, uh, you know, in the case of mine, I think there's one on there that I remember watching when I was young. Yeah. I have no memory of it. And so it was it was a complete rediscovery for me now. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's our top 10 discoveries of 2022. And uh, I don't know if you'll like it, but I'm really excited about I'm it. I'm excited so, about it. Yeah. I, I really like that idea. Yeah, yeah I do too. So... Uh, we'll see. We'll see what comes of it. So this has been episode 71. I uh, hope you've enjoyed uh, the top 10 films and the top 10 uh, TV series. Uh, according to us, it's all subjective. You know, no yeah, rules it's to art. Not, yeah, it's not uh, these are the best films. These are what emotionally resonated with us. I just, it's what clicked for us. Yeah. So, uh, and we uh, could probably swap them around uh, sure. anytime. Sure. So uh, enjoy yourselves and uh, we'll catch up with you here in a couple of days. Bye, Ken. Bye, Clint.